Welcome to episode five of Vague Zone. I am one of your hosts, Thomas, and here, as always, is Daniel, the other host. Totally. And what movie are we going to be talking about this week, Daniel? Uh, this week we are talking about The Purge Anarchy. We are back on the Purge series. So, yeah. um, quick Doing synop- a little. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, we're just to the viewers, if you're hopping around, we've been kind of bouncing back and forth. Like, we'll do one movie, then hit the Purge franchise, and so we're on the second entry. But yeah, let's start off with a little uh, synopsis from IMDb. So yeah, our synopsis is, three groups of people intertwine and are left stranded in the streets on Purge night, trying to survive the chaos and violence that occurs. Uh, So Thomas, what'd you think of the Purge Anarchy? I enjoy the the Purge Anarchy quite a bit. I don't know if I like it more than the first one. I think it's a a really good expansion of the idea of the purge kind of going out into the streets and it being kind of a thing that affects a lot of people over across Los Angeles. And so I like this movie. I think there are some parts of it that again, don't quite touch on the uh, social topics of the purge as much as I would want them to, but there is some dark setups and some really interesting dynamics between like the new founding fathers and like this working class of characters that get, get like roped into this like weird night with this other strange guy who's kind of out for revenge but yeah like i like this movie i want to love it because it, like i think it has some interesting ideas with the purge more so than what the first one brought up but then yeah the execution kind of lands us in weird action movie land and it's not quite as horror or thrillery as the first one it's more just like straight up straight up action yeah. and it's actually not like not that gory or creative with the action in some ways and so yeah i think i think it's like it's all right is a good entry into the series but it's it's definitely like i feel like it's missing a lot yeah i think uh in regards to the action it's like the action didn't really strike me at all um Mm -hmm. it's almost like i forgot the movie happened (laughs) uh like i just watched this last night and it hasn't like been a brainworm for me the way the other one was um i I, totally. I think it's just because i've already been introduced to this world now but um i think yeah, as a se- as a go ahead oh i was gonna say even after watching this one i don't even remember the third one at all because uh, all the things that were i thought were I, I liked about part three were all kind of here and so i was like okay then hmm. i don't know anything about uh, election year now. Okay. <laughs> like i guess anarchy has the most like i don't know some more of the striking things with like the gangs kind of being out there and just like I, I i like that aspect of it but it just didn't quite live up to some of the setups that they give us yeah um i think as a sequel i like it because it's it provides contrasts to the first one like the first one we're just confined to this house it's cool that it you know first one we're confined to a house it's a wealthy family that lives there uh, mm-hmm. we're in a wealthy neighborhood sort of like a gated community and this one yeah we're out in the streets Uh, of LA we're dealing with working class people um and it gets into the lore a little bit more um so I feel like it works really well as just like a companion piece um I agree it's almost it almost feels like it should have just been two movies I haven't seen the third one or the fourth one so I can't really say that but I feel like you could have these two showing like two sides of the same situation and have it be pretty damn functional um, yeah, I feel a, like they could have even gone the egregious route and have it take place on the same exact night and you know, kind of tie it together. But they're yeah, clearly true. kind of they're setting it up as like the first one really kind of 
screwed with this one guy and he eventually becomes a part of something a little bit larger that we'll we'll get into the more details but yeah like they're they're playing with the the connective tissue between it kind of starting in the purge one and now we're seeing more like reactions and like rebellions to the system yeah it definitely does introduce some elements where it's starting to build somewhere like it, it sort of introduces a meta villain uh the same way like you know vader is the bad guy in star wars but the emperor is really pulling the strings there's sort of that dynamic gets pulled into this one a little bit um mm -hmm. and then yeah i guess i guess they are setting up i i think i know where this third movie is gonna go <laughs> uh yeah and like i wish i had it better in my memory because like i remember watching them pretty close like after this one came out i think i, I rushed to see this one right before election year came out in 2016 so i think that's why they're just so married into my mind but yeah i think what you said is really appropriate it contrasts the first one really well and it definitely good it's a good one-two punch because it's like the indoors the secluded like haunted house kind of vibe and then this is like anarchy mad max it's you know anyone's game on the street type of energy yeah and they both function as halloween movies too like like the first one's definitely more of a home invasion horror thriller this one yeah. is more of like a thriller action but this does have guys running around in creepy masks and stuff uh, a little bit of spookiness going on and i don't know the purge as a holiday it sort of reminds me it's like halloween but just for assholes <laughs> uh, that's a good that's a really good point <laughs> um so should we get more into the uh, specifics of it yeah all right so yeah let's start breaking shit down how about we just dive right into spoilers <laughs> let's just let's just talk about what we weren't talking about before uh um, for sure so yeah what this movie does is it it introduces what i think is gonna be the basis of the third movie uh it introduces a sort of revolutionary faction um yeah. do you know what that character's name is his name is carmelo carmelo okay. the always great michael k williams okay and uh yeah carmelo is he's sort of like an anonymous figure like um he's a guy who appears on tv and he's talking about how uh the purge is it's a way to systematically eliminate the poor really um yeah and so what we need is a an uprising to you know get rid of the uh what what are the main the, these new villains that we were just talking about this empire the new founding fathers is that what they're yeah called? they're it's the new founding fathers and we sort of start to get some faces attached as the people but it's yeah it's more just kind of like an ominous organization yeah so there's like so this movie is mostly focused on uh three groups of people it's the first one is this guy his name is sergeant or at least that's what they call him he seems to be you know is he like a former cop or ex-military do we really get clarification on that not exactly he's just one of those badasses who he just he's equipped for the job and he's ready to purge yeah he should be he's basically the punisher he's running around with yeah. a gun he's very good with it uh, he's got body armor he's got a car that's all tricked out I mean, when I first saw this guy, I was like, okay, is he just playing Batman on Purge Night? He's going to go run around, like, save people and stuff in his Batmobile. But uh, Yeah, no, but we, get, we do get a, a picture. Like, it's a very small conversation where I think his wife she comes in. She's like, Don't, like, what are you doing? And he, like, looks at this picture of this guy that he's kind of been, yeah. like, kind of, like, preparing something to preparing to purge <laughs> yeah he's, getting, he's gonna get this guy and then we eventually find out why later on but 
like yeah that's what kind of gets him out into the night our uh, second group is a couple it's this uh guy shane and this girl liz um they're either boyfriend or girlfriend or they're married i think they're just a boyfriend and girlfriend situation but yeah uh, they're just a couple going through it's a rough patch basically yeah they're just okay the way they get sort of introduced yeah they're breaking up he's kind of looking at old photos of them he he doesn't really want to go through with this ending of the relationship it seems like um she keeps saying we need to tell your sister that we're breaking up yeah what why is the sister such an important part of this situation this, this is the the dumb part like i i fucking hate like like why they're out and like where they're going because it's like it's not really clear it's like they're just driving somewhere i'm like yo like if you're an adult and the, and the purge has been going on for however so many years like yeah like this is the wrong day to just be casually going to they go and get groceries <laughs> like two hours before shit's about to pop off is that what they're they're getting groceries is yeah they go doing? and get groceries because okay, he okay. he gets they get the bag of groceries they go to the car and then he's telling her like open the door open the door or something right. like that yeah and yeah. a guy sort of you know appears in the parking lot to uh antagonize them we later find out he's he's cut their power steering uh, yeah it's all that's all absurd like the reason why they're out is, is super dumb yeah. and like i Stay i would rather home. it just been like yeah i'd rather it just be like another group like doing something very like concrete as far as like preparing for the purge but like i get getting food but this is it's christmas eve you know like, yeah, it's the wrong time to be out given them a more high stakes objective than like oh we gotta tell your sister that we're breaking up uh yeah yeah, because throughout this movie, it just feels like they're just trying to get to safety, which is, you know, totally valid. But if they had their own objective, then we could get, uh, I think, a little more conflict introduced when uh, these three groups end up uh, converging. Yeah. But um, the third group is a mother and a daughter, and they're just lock they're they're doing the smart thing, and they're locking themselves inside their home on Perch Night. Um, it just, it's unfortunate that uh one of their neighbors ends up bursting in with a gun because i guess he wants to rape the both of them um yeah yeah Fuck. yeah he's just been waiting for that and i think it's also is worth mentioning that the daughter has been like she's the one that's been watching carmelo's videos and being yeah. like hey like this purge thing is like really anti-poor and it's anti-working class or whatever and we can't afford to fight against ourselves and the granddad's like turn that nonsense off you don't know what you're talking about but that's like the exact gospel that we see unfold over the like the rest of the movie and so i do appreciate how like sharp the daughter is she's just kind of like uh like like what's the term she's just like in the sergeant's ear the entire time or like just kind of just bugging this dude the entire time like hey like why are you out here like what is your motivation for, for like wanting to purge and i i like her agency and just I yeah, like she's definitely character. more involved in everything yeah. that is happening. Um, but yeah, going back to her, like she is more turned on to what Car Carmela, Carmela, Carmelo, Carmelo, yeah. <laughs> Carmelo is saying uh, in his speeches. But she says something along the lines of like, "The rich want to get rid of the poor to save money," and so this this seems to be a recurring thing in the Purge, where it says like, "Unemployment is down because." people are purging. I guess they're just, like, killing people who don't have jobs to reduce the unemployment rate. Um, yeah. And absolutely. they're killing the poor to save money, but yeah. I don't understand how this works, because who is make making money for the rich? Like, because we know 
working class is what builds the foundation for these companies, which is allows people to attain wealth. So yeah, and they even start <laughs> off this movie with like your favorite statistic. This is like unemployment is like at five percent, yeah. and fewer and fewer people are living below the po- the poverty line. So I think the answer to that, I think in this world, it's the working class is still just kind of like it's not completely evaporated. There's still like you know characters like the mom who work at a diner and are like trying to ask for a raise, but like yeah, <laughs> trying to like work up the courage to do it. So clearly that struggle's present. But yeah, yeah, like, the the people below are like being wiped out. So it's just the unemployed that are being wiped out I, because I guess, they are not yeah. selling their labor. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is like that part is like I'm not super interested in like the rich buying like paying poor people to like sacrifice themselves essentially for like you know so they can purge privately that concept is far more fascinating yeah this is what happens to the the uh, grandpa character right? yeah yeah, um, yeah and it happens pretty early on so it's like not super super spoilerly but yeah like he basically is like yeah i'm gonna be going to sleep tonight like i just want to sleep through this horrible night and then he sneaks out and then he we like see him in a like room filled with uh, plastic surrounded by these like rich people who are clearly about to purge him and so yeah they all have yeah, machetes and stuff i think yeah there's like this like black market of like rich people buying poor people to like purge them which is really fucked up like i like that concept alone is i think worthy of delving into more than just the like the like unemployment side because i think that's just like a number that they just started off with and don't really talk about yeah but it's like because this movie is taking class warfare and it's presenting it in like a more extreme and obvious and grotesque way where it's like the rich the way the rich like harm the poor in real life is they cut funding to transportation to essentially raise taxes on the poor because they're the ones who are paying the fares for transportation uh they're all making cuts to medicaid and medicare so that these people will die off um so like the the rich are murdering people (laughs) essentially uh they're just not doing it in the grand fashion that we see in these movies Uh, so yeah that's why what i find interesting about these and this like concept of like the rich people hunting the poor has been around for fucking ever um I mean, more recently we saw it in, like, the, the hostile movies where it's, like, people going uh, overseas to do it. But, uh, I mean, when was the most dangerous game written? Like, isn't that about a rich guy hunting someone for sport? As far as I know, that's a parable that's just been around since the dawn of mankind. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent, but... That's all good. But that I, is what I these... Yeah, that's good. what these movies are... That's what these movies are about. And, like, there's... We're kind of experiencing this uh, resurgence of these movies because... So, like, Hostel, I I mentioned, that kind of reminds me of Solo, which is also about, like, uh, wealthy people just, like, brutalizing uh, kidnapped youths. And so it's this uh, feeling... That's a really good point. That's, yeah, that's, like, from, like, the fascist, like, Nazi kind of angle. Yeah. I forget where it takes place, like, Italy or something? Uh, It's an Italian director. I think it is takes place in Italy also. And they all have different names, too, where, like, one of them is, like... uh, his name sort of represents religion. Another person's name represents like government. Another person's name represents something else. Like, hmm. uh, but yeah, because they don't actually have character names. They're just like roles. I think one of them's like called the president or something like that. Um, but yeah, we oh. have that. We have hostile. We have this. Rec- I feel like just last year we had a series of class warfare movies. We have like Parasite, which is uh, 
class dynamics. We had knives out. We had ready or not, which is also <laughs> rich people hunting someone for sport. Uh, we have like yeah. us, uh, which is a class literally like spoiler alert for us. Uh, the ending is a showdown in a classroom. <laughs> yeah, cla uh, like the class warfare in us is, I think, a, a good allegory. I uh, there's a lot of criticism for that movie, but I I appreciate the way that kind of plays out in that like strange universe of Jordan Peele horror. I was also going to bring up Guns Akimbo because we also talked about kind of like like the game aspect, and I feel like that's on display here too. Where there's just like these trucks of people going around, just kind of like chasing people. And yeah, it's clearly like this is a money thing. And so yeah, this insurgence, I feel like was kind of started by the purge a little bit further back and kind of was at least, this is in line with that tradition of what you're talking about. Yeah, these yeah. movies that are just Cause like hostile, evaluating this class warfare on an extreme level. Cause hostile was like, it's part of the torture porn genre. And that's sort of like post 9-11 horror when we were being exposed to like people being tortured in Guantanamo Bay and stuff like that. And so the population oh, was, yeah, yeah. the population yeah, was point. being desensitized to depictions of violence. Um, now we're post 9-11, post Occupy. And I think that's why we're getting so many of these movies. Yeah. And I think there's a scene in this movie that kind of sticks out when it's, when we're talking about class warfare, when they're kind of down in the sewers and they're on their way to this person's house for safety, supposedly. And, they're going, they like walk past this like encampment of homeless people that are kind of like tucked away. And then like, he's like, oh, they're not a threat. We're just going to like leave them there and they keep yeah. going. They're and just trying then, to survive or whatever. Yeah. And then around the corner, this like caravan of like crazy people out purging, like drives by like blasting flamethrowers and like, like all the homeless people like run out. And I was just like, why the fuck would they yeah. like run out? And like, I thought that just, too. I think the implication, I think we're supposed to think that maybe the car would have just drove up and like blasted its flamethrower into that room. I don't know. Yeah. I like, honestly, I rewound it like four times. I was like, they weren't flushing people out. Yeah. Like, they were just kind of just like, it's not being, conveyed really like, well. Loud. Yeah. Yeah. Like that whole scene was really interesting. Cause I was like, okay, clearly they're trying to have the images be like, the poor are getting offed here and they yeah. cannot fight back. And so, and like, my problem the with that revolution is needed. Yeah. And my problem with that scene is it sort of treats these people like it does this thing where it's trying to, like, show them as sympathetic, but then it immediately uses them as cannon fodder to, like, save our heroes. Like, they're not, they're not saving our heroes, but it's like, oh, we need to kill some people. So, we're going to, like, these homeless people we just introduced, we're just going to have them get massacred. Um, yeah, and that's what kind of bothered me on rewatching this movie because I was like, wow, this kind of pulled a lot more punches than I thought because, like, there's not a lot of catharsism towards the end of this because the gunfight we see is kind of between, like, these faceless henchmen that belong to the New Founding Fathers and this, like, revolution group that kind of shows up and saves them at the end. And so our party is kind of just, like, lost in the center of it. And so, it like, I don't know, it seems very strange in execution it looks like, it's like i get what they're trying to say and it's like obvious like they are setting it up very obviously yeah. it's like yeah it's a, it's a revolution but then when it comes down to the actual unfolding of things it's usually kind of uh, like underwhelming and it's just like like when they get to the uh the friend's house and they find out like there's no car like this whole time they're like oh yeah like if you help us get to my friend's house i can get you a car then you can do whatever and so that turns out to be a lie, and she was just trying to get to, to safety. And as they're finding this out, like this domestic dispute crumbles, and this like really pissed off 
like wife like shoots her husband who's been cheating on her and so it's just like yeah it feels like very domestic and kind of like an easy like dispute to walk in on for a movie like this that sets up a lot of other grand things with like the new founding fathers and they're like going around in these huge 16 wheelers that are like equipped with all this gps and like they're literally going to people's houses hunting them down and like auctioning them off at night and it's so like there's like these like a a really stronger side of this movie that i feel like is buried underneath all this other like dumb shit i mean so yeah when the so when we first see these like militarized uh purgers i guess uh it's when the mom and the daughter uh their names are eva sanchez and callie eva and callie um they're at home they're about to be raped by it's the guy who who's from that have you ever seen that hector meme yeah yeah Yeah, the guy who plays hector in every movie um he like breaks into the house we get these militarized guys who like come in and kill him and yeah it was like my first instinct was oh of course like the police or the military or some there would be some sort of organized unit that would go around and do raids basically um yeah and like later on it is revealed that that is essentially who these people are they are military right and yeah and it's interesting because they can like also break the rules because there's this whole thing about level four weapons or lower but this guy's going around with, with a, a mini, mini gun, gun. in like <laughs> yeah like and he's just like tearing through people and i'm like okay this is not fair <laughs> like well, okay like this <laughs> we never get a clarification on what the what the weapons are because there's also a guy with a flamethrower who's not part of that group and i was like surely a flamethrower would be off limits but yeah yeah that's the whole thing i was like this is just is is anarchy it's pure anarchy <laughs> so yeah this movie it's it's it is mostly just it's the story of these people but it seems it's very interested in setting up these two larger groups which are the revolutionaries and the new founding fathers um as like lore and setup for the next movie i assume yeah and i think all of those like scenes i really like like when they're basically sold like uh they're running away from this one group of killers or persians inside of like an ice cream truck for the majority of the movie yeah. and then they finally get caught by them and then like, yeah, like they just is, take them to an alleyway this is and, a weird and sell them off well it's also a weird well, reveal like, that like he takes his mask off and it's lakeith stanfield yeah <laughs> like it's like fantastic i was like casting. was he famous already like this not was 2014 because it feels like a reveal like it's like oh you didn't know he was gonna be in this movie but uh true yeah they, they do like a little bait and switch like oh he's like a nice guy he's kind of like talking and he's they like don't appear violent when they're like you know just in the back of the van and so yeah you know, there is that like small moment of like could this be good could this be bad but then yeah, they just get like kind of sold in the alley which i like i like i like the way it unfolds i'm like oh damn like it's just a black market and people are getting like bought and sold on the streets and then like they get ushered into this really fancy like ballroom where there's like all of the blue perch flowers are on the table and there's all these different couples there and it's just like a like a slave auction essentially yeah. like it's just it's, it's really brutal the way that unfolds and so and i feel like revolution i feel like when the camera is sweeping over these people sitting in the audience like they're almost all white but the camera sort of sits on one black woman for a little longer um, and I feel like it's trying to point out, like, look, 
uh, someone has, a person of color has made their way into this upper class and they're also participating in this barbarism. I do remember that. Yeah, there is that specific cut. I think we might get that when they're also watching from above when they like let them out into the yeah, arena. I think there might be like there might she might be up in that room with them too. Yeah. And like uh I feel like with this whole scenario, there my favorite part of this is so Shane this whole time, the boyfriend, um he feels like I kind of got the vibe that this guy was a bit of a dick. And I was like, oh, he's going to die soon. Like, he's going to be the first one to die, like, because we won't feel that bad because he's kind of a dick. Um, his He does die in the scene. <laughs> and his death scene, I think, was fucking great. Like, because yeah. we, he's proven himself to be, like, a more of a hero by this point. Uh, you know, taking his machine gun out and, like, protecting his group. Um, yeah, he makes, like, the sacrifice and takes out the the Mad Max people driving down. Yeah, the, he, the he suffers yeah. a wound, a, a gunshot wound and during all that. Um, but at the very end, it's like him and his girlfriend are talking and it feels like maybe, maybe things are going to work out for them. Like, but before we can even escalate to having a sweet moment, like before the sweet moment can even take place, he gets riddled with bullets. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's, a fucking great way to kill this guy. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And I think the movie needed more kind of like unsafe moments like that. Like I like the scene when they're like kind of walking through the streets and there's this lady like on top of the roof and she's like doing like this like religious thing and she's talking about cleansing this like cleansing people and just like rattling off rounds every couple of seconds. And like I like that there is a really nice set piece kind of in that scene or like right after where there's like the politician hanging from the like the courthouse he was, was uh, like, he, i thought he was like a wall street guy or something yeah he's like yeah he's like a wall street guy and he's being he's hung up there with chains basically and like they mentioned it's like yeah like maybe he like kind of deserved that yeah. he's like some like rich stockbroker there was like a note saying like he robbed us of our pensions or something yeah yeah and like there's i like the eeriness of that but i feel like it's kind of missing some good action besides just like them kind of hitting each other from like the ground or like you know it, the the gun the gun scenes like aren't that like exciting to watch and so yeah a lot of like there's good build up and a lot of like weird nice tense moments but then it'll just unfold into like i'm shooting you from across the way i'm shooting like there's like it's just really just like boring gun violence like i don't i hate saying like it's boring gun violence but it's super fucking but it's like yeah i can't i can't think of a single like shot or moment amongst the action where i was like oh that was neat like yeah and so the guy getting off at the end is like yeah it's really like it's satisfying so i'm like oh yeah this is the kind of purge like danger that i was expecting to happen during this entire movie but it doesn't happen at all really like there's a lot of like i'm gonna oh i might do something but then it never actually unfolds i think the most like tense and exciting scene of violence is actually when they're at the house and that woman shoots her her sister and tries to kill yeah. her husband. Yeah, and actually I like I like that scene a ton because the sister's like, Yeah, like let's have some drinks, let's have some yeah. food. And I'm just like, this is so awkward. She's like this wearing a just... dress and like she's just chilling yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, she's like, let's turn off the news, no more awkward <laughs> stuff. That's kinda I had some quarantine vibes like that earlier this year when people are like, oh, just ignore it, ignore it. I'm like, no, like, we, like, yeah. this is going to, like, catch up to I us. I really like, like the, yeah, the contrast between, like, interior and exterior, and it's like, when they, once they get inside, it's just, 
woman having a glass of wine wearing a nice red dress you know letting yeah. loose she's probably got like chips and dip out or something yeah and then that shit just unfolds yeah. and, and then you feel and I feel like you feel it more there because they're confined uh, it's such a small space that there's more tension in the, in the moment yeah and that's why like this movie makes made me appreciate the first one so much more because I was like this movie went big but didn't really satisfy me with that like I know it's kind of like when a game has when a game is open world but it's not that you know lively there's not much actual like life inside of it like there's a lot of interesting images and some good shots but when you dig down deep into it it's just like kind of shallow um so one thing I want to talk about with this movie is well actually before I get into it yeah is there any more like plot details because I want to talk about like how this movie exists, how I see this movie existing in, like, um, I guess, like, the way the population, like, communicates. Uh, we'll get into it, but, yeah, is there any more plot stuff you wanted to cover? Um, not really. Just, yeah, just kind of talking about the new Founding Fathers plan was the main thing that I took away. That was, like, my favorite part about this movie that I, I wish they just delved more into. That's yeah. just what I wanted I to mean, do. I kind of got the impression that they're setting it up to dive into more in the next one. Um, yeah, yeah. And I haven't seen the next one, but I assume. Ooh, yeah, no, <laughs> I wish I rem- and I wish I remembered. Um, and it's like, at, at least these first two are all written and directed by the same guy. So I'm hoping because it's Blumhouse and they're smaller that the same guy just continues exploring this concept. Um... Or he at least, like, has his hands on it as a producer, um, co-writer. Yeah, hopefully I, I can't tell you if that's the truth or not, but yeah. hopefully he sticks around somehow. Wait, okay, so I need to know, like, how you feel about a lot of these situations. Because it's like, I'm constantly putting myself in the shoes of the characters throughout, throughout both of these movies. Uh, so let's say, first off, let's say you are... Uh, part of the couple who gets lost in the town, gets stranded because your car falls apart. What would you do? I definitely identify with the girlfriend a little bit more because she eventually joins. She's like, I want to purge. Like, I was kind of against it before, but eventually she joins in with the rebellion. But I don't know. Like, I. But if you're would, stranded in I, the middle of town, what do you do? Like, in the middle of the city? If you're stranded in the middle of Los Angeles during the purge, that's... <laughs> I, I think finding high ground is the best high thing ground. to do. I, I, I have no idea. Like I, I wish they. I don't know. I feel like this movie would have been great if it was just focused on one group, like like two people, kind of dealing with a lot of stuff as opposed to like there's these three groups and they all have kind of like different, you know, desires and needs and everything. And then there's the two factions going against each other and it's just. There's just a lot of moving parts kind of going around, and so they could make a movie yeah, where it, it's just one guy like trying to survive Purge Night. And have you ever seen After Hours, the Scorsese movie? No, I haven't. But it's just like it's just a guy who wants to get home, like, uh, and he has like no money for like the bus or whatever. Um, they could make a movie like that, but it's The Purge, and it's just, like, one guy trying to get home. Maybe he, like, keeps encountering all these different, like, factions and, like, different situations yeah. over the course of the movie. Have it be a bus driver. It's just, he just, like, he just gets off work late. Yeah. He just, like... <laughs> it's just, like, an odyssey. <laughs> like... Yeah. yeah. Um, also, so at the end, when Sergeant is about to... He goes to his, uh, son's killer's house, 
and he wants to purge. You're in that car with him. He wants to go do his thing. Are you talking him out of it? Are you like, yeah, go for it, buddy? Because I was like, yeah, let the guy do his thing, whatever. Yeah, honestly, after all the stuff they've been through, I figured they would totally be fine with him going in there. But the, what you gotta do. the mom and the the mom and the daughter are like really, really against it. Even though I feel like they've seen a good justification for at least the personal side of it by like hanging out with, you know, the entire crew over the night. I feel like they sort of I feel like there's enough evidence to be like okay like it's is every man for himself and if he has a personal thing just let him fucking take care of it like yeah. I don't see why he should get in the way of that you know yeah and like he like gives them guns like early on in the movie and he he's like I'm peacing out I got to I got to go take care of business and it's like the whole time I was I was thinking if I was in that guy's shoes yeah I would leave him behind like I have no obligation I already gave you guns like yeah I was curious why he just didn't do it at the very beginning of the purge. Like, why did he just kind of yeah, like, like mosey around park outside all the night? guy's neighborhood until it starts, and then do it, and then just go home? Yeah, just like be ready to go five minutes in yeah. instead of you know cruising through town and kind of having some near misses. And like, I think he like you're right. He's doing the Batman thing when like, he has some self righteous shit planned first, and then he wants to take care of this last. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I want to get into like how these movies sort of exist within our consciousness um let's do it so like okay we live in a fucking crazy time uh like i I think last week when we recorded the previous episode um there was a protest where some like 17 year old shot two people um and there were a bunch of comments on I guess there was, like, a Facebook uh, event page for, like, a bunch of right-wingers created to go to this town and to, quote-unquote, protect businesses with guns. And in the comments of that event page, there were people saying shit like, purge time. It's purge time. And I'll go on... I'll find, like, comments on, like, YouTube, like, these extreme comments where people are saying, like... Yeah, people sort of take this concept of the purge and they fantasize about it and they indulge in it. Um, yeah, definitely. And so it's like appealing to, like I'm I'm interested in these movies because I'm trying to figure out like okay, what are these movies, what are these movies trying to say uh, about class class warfare? Are they just depicting it in a grand fashion because they think that's interesting entertainment in our era? Or are they trying to say something more meaningful? I don't really think they're trying to say anything more meaningful. Um, but then, yeah, I think over the course of the franchise, it kind of aligns with the plight of the working class, the person on the lower end of the totem pole, so to speak. Yeah. Um, it, the violence, like I said, it always turns into gun violence, and so I think it does kind of feed into that fantasy in a negative way. And so I, I wish there were more creative purge movies besides the ones that we've have gotten because yeah i feel like it's putting oil on that fire a little bit and so i yeah even like the rick and morty episode comes to mind i don't know about that that one yeah season i think it's in season two there's an episode where they go to a planet where every day or sorry not every day every year they have a night where they purge Mm -hmm. and so it's like uh like i definitely i recommend you watch that one before watching the next movie because it's it's like 
the whole concept is oh we found a Maybe, purge yeah. plan Morty this is this is like super funny but then like at the end of it it's it's really gratuitous and so they're like I'm just tired of killing like I'm just like really over so yeah it's it's interesting um, yeah so I was thinking so we're gonna work our way through this franchise on this show. Um, eventually maybe we should watch like a couple episodes of the TV show and we can watch the Rick and Morty episode and discuss all of that. Um, yeah, there's yeah. also a, a parody of the purge that I just saw on Hulu the other day. I haven't watched it, but we should probably do an episode about that too, just to like close oh, it out. That'd be great. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, going back to the idea of like how this exists within our society. Like I remember when the first purge was announced and maybe like the ad campaigns for it or something uh they really bothered me i think because i don't know what the closest shooting was in time mass shooting there's always a mass shooting except now in quarantine because you know no one's going outside um yeah fucking right but like uh i remember when the first purge movie was coming out and thinking like is this I- i'm someone who's pretty I'm okay with, like, a lot of violent movies and stuff like that. I'm not some sort of moralist, but it did cross my mind. Like, is this over the line? Like, what is over the line in this era of mass shootings? Um, And then now, all these years later, seeing how this exists uh, with, like, what I just said before. Like, we have these extremists online who are fantasizing about the purge. And this is is feeding their bloodlust. you know yeah i agree i feel like yeah it's <laughs> yeah like it it wants to be like on the side of the rebellion and on the side of like the people who can't afford to fight back but yeah the images that kind of unfold from these it feels like yeah it, it's like a kind of a, get your guns and you go purge who yeah. you think is right to purge and you know that that message is it's not that not that it's great. not so, yeah like people aren't watching this movie and being like oh okay like working class people need to stand up for themselves they're like yeah i want to get a gun and kill liberals like yeah i think uh the first purge kind of kind of like course corrects that by making the cast like mostly black and like kind of just like okay this is going to be more like uh fuck i wish i could even like fully remember too but yeah i think they kind of shift the tones a little bit more and it's 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 like a like prison themed kind of movie, so it's it's yeah, it's a little bit more appropriate, I think. And that's the that's the first purge, or is it, okay. yeah, so that's number four in the series. Okay. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like when the Colbert of Poor first came out, and people were like, "This feels like this is kind of encouraging the wrong side of people to be <laughs> laughing and be super prideful about like this content." Yeah, like 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 they didn't realize it was parody or what. Yeah, and I think this is in the lines of parody, but yeah, now it's becoming more just straight up I mean, reality. okay, like, when I was a teenager, I used to go on a, um, your, you know what Stormfront is, right? No. no Stormfront, Storm, Stormfront was a neo-Nazi website, so I used to go oh, on shit. there and, like, troll the forums and stuff. Um, okay. <laughs> and there were people on there who, like, worship uh, American History X. And, like, the whole point of that movie is to, like, show that like hey like hating people doesn't solve anything like it just like leads to more violence but um they're just happy to see a movie where someone commits a hate crime um yeah i feel like the makers of this movie like are betting a, a far too much on the audience to to realize like the actual allegory kind of going on and i think there's yeah and that's a huge discussion by itself is like uh what responsibility does the creator have 
when putting like they know they're making something about like uh you know how the rich uh praise upon the poor but like do they have a responsibility of making sure their content is taken that way by the audience i don't necessarily know that i don't think they ne- they need to mold their piece their art to uh you know be able to be understood by morons um yeah, and also that kind of reminds me is that not a lot of we don't see any rich people die in this movie. It's mostly just like faceless. Do we not? Either faceless poor people. Well, like not really. I mean, like, I assume uh, that the people with guns at the end who like go to war with the revolutionaries. I assume those were rich people, but maybe they're just like a hired security team or something. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of unclear. I feel like if they're henchmen, like kind of you know dressed oh, like waiters, well, I mean, like, everyone that bit on them dies. Well, most of them. Everyone that like bid on being able to hunt uh, our our main group of people at the end, they all get killed by Sergeant. Oh, yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, sorry, uh, toys blew out the mic. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like when he he steals the car from that rich woman at the end, he like warns her and he's like, "I want you to remember my face." I was like, "No, fucking kill that woman!" Like how many times? Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. gonna keep doing this. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like in moments like that, I feel like okay, yeah, like the like the people who are out purging like on the lower class, like will be more benevolent and will like you know yeah. have some more morals attached to how they approach the night. And it's like no, like the new founding fathers, like they're here to erase you. And yeah. so like defend like, yourself. Yeah. Like, like why why pull your punches? Why hedge? You know, you guys got to be just as ruthless as them. And so I think yeah, at the end the. Uh, the message I walk away with, like, yeah, like I kind of identify with Carmelo and yeah, the guy absolutely. from the first movie. Is like I'd be with with them, just like yeah, fuck these doing people. Anything. Yeah, <laughs> like I think this kind of leads me into uh, our next part of the show, which is like, what have you been watching lately? But um, so I'm, I'm playing. I just finished playing the game Detroit Become Human. Have you played that? No, uh, I've heard about it though. Heard good. But things. yeah, it's this game where you're like. You play as three different characters. You're androids who become uh, quote-unquote deviant. Like, you become self-aware and you start making decisions for yourself. Uh, you're no longer a slave, basically. Nice. Yeah, I remember the truth. And, and, like, one of the stories, you can either be a violent revolutionary or you can be a pacifist. Uh, and there's, like, a scene where you're supposed to... Um, stage a demonstration and you can go modify billboards to say like pro android slogans I did that I like broke some androids from a, out of a business by like smashing windows to do that right. um, I tore down a statue of like a human um, and it said that I led a violent riot <laughs> and it's like all I did was because I tore down a statue like so I know I'm very statues are I'm, a very sensitive topic. <laughs> you tear down yeah, a statue, I'm, and it's like maybe I'm looking at it through my 2020 eyes when this movie is like from a few years ago. But like violent, I'm someone, and a lot of people disagree with me on this. You cannot commit violence against an inanimate object. Like yeah. violence is reserved for being committed against living things. Like. Breaking a window is not an act of violence. Setting a dumpster on fire is not an act yeah, of agreed, violence. You agreed, can't say yeah. this is a violent riot. Like, you and de- so he deprogrammed a billboard. You're like, all right, like, <laughs> yeah, five stars. And so, 
So, like, this game kind of forced me into a route where, like, I had to go the revolutionary route. Like, I, I, like, because public opinion was so low of me because the media was, like, portraying what I was doing as violence. And it's like, wow, this is, like, a very timely game. Like, that's a trip. When did it come out? <laughs> uh, psh, let me see. I want to say it was, like, five years ago. Okay. Yeah, it came out in, oh, it came out in 2018. Okay, never mind. Oh, much sooner. But, uh, yeah, check it out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Anyways, well, yeah, what have you been watching lately? Um, yeah, the last thing I watched was, uh, God, I totally forgot about this. I watched It Chapter 2 the other night. Uh, what did you think of that? Uh, it was okay. Um, yeah, this, like, the casting is great. I like the, the cast of that movie quite a bit, but I yeah. think that's the only thing I like about that movie, if I had to really, really think about it, because yeah, it just, yeah, it just, it just all unfolds in just a very kind of long long-winded kind of cgi heavy affair and i just i wanted something a little bit eerier and a little bit more creepy like the first one the first one just like nailed it first one was great yeah Yeah. um i think so yeah that movie drags on way too long but i think like one of the problems for me is like the dynamic that those characters have works so well when they're shitty kids but like watching them be adults and have that same dynamic, like there's something about it where it just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. It was just like this is just like kind of soap opera or like I just it just wasn't really gripping me. And then yeah, the horror sides of it were just like really, really goofy scares. And so I was just like waiting for it to be over. So by the time they were fighting the big old spider thing at the end, I was just like, This is just ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, then I was looking at scenes from the first one and I forget how like eerie and like a slow building that one is and well i guess it kind of starts off big but yeah just the way it is kind of in the background of that movie perpetually is really really well done have you read the book no i haven't read any stephen king yeah i haven't read it but like emily's read it and she she described something and maybe this is her description maybe this is like straight from the book or something but the way she described it as like a monster who exists within our reality is that like there is this large, large beast that exists in another dimension. And basically what it is, is we are seeing, like, its pinky extending into our dimension. Oh, okay. Um, so we are seeing, like, a fraction of what this evil entity uh, is actually made of and what it can, what it can do. That's cool. Um, yeah. I mean, which yeah. is, like, as a concept, that's kind of terrifying to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like Stephen King has a lot of fantastic, like, premises, but then sometimes the the actual execution can't be that great, and they talk about that in this movie. Yeah. Or they joke about, oh, the ending was awful. Yeah, Emily and I, this month, we're doing a thing where we're trying to watch a movie a day, so I've actually been watching a lot of stuff. Nice. Um, and the rule is that it has to be stuff that neither of us have seen. Okay. So, she's been in a horror mo- mo- movie mood lately, so we've been watching a lot of that stuff we watched insidious nice. we watched sinister um we watched uh phantasm have which you, like sorry go ahead have you seen the conjuring movies uh we watched most of i think she watched the first one i think i fell asleep the second <laughs> uh, one's really good yeah i i enjoyed what i saw i just i need to go back and finish it because yeah uh when i watched insidious have you seen insidious I can't remember. Sometimes these one-name horror movies, like, I will yeah, watch and them. they're, both, they're yeah. both James Wan, too. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes um, I'll, like, just blend them entirely in my mind. 
But yeah, Insidious was like, I, I said, I, I told Emily, I was like, this feels like it was shot in like two weeks or something. <laughs> and then I, I looked it up and it was shot in three. So I was close. Um, it's just, it's not special. It's just like a house of horrors. Um, yeah, it feels like it was kind of hastily made. Yeah, I couldn't uh, tell I don't, you if I, I've seen it. I don't that. think it's shot really well either. It's kind of like a lot of wides, but not interesting. Um, hmm. And then, yeah, what else did we see? We saw uh, Palm Springs. We watched Palm Springs. Oh, uh, what'd you think of that? Um, I haven't seen a bad time loop movie, like, or okay. time loop anything. Like, did you watch Russian Doll? No, I haven't seen Russian Doll, but dude, yeah, like I'll check it. I out. think Russian Doll is my favorite like time loop thing because I really love the ending. Uh, and Russian Doll, I feel like it. It's only like six episodes or something like that. I feel like the first couple episodes are a little shakier, but yeah, Russian Doll is really good. You should check that out. It's on Netflix. Okay. Um, yeah, Palm Springs really liked it. Yeah, it was just really fun. I like that when the movie starts, there's already a character in the time loop. Um, yeah. I think that's a nice reveal that our character, the ca- character we're following, hasn't yet begun her time loop. Um, and then there's a, a reveal that there's also an additional person who's in a time loop. Yeah, um, I I really really like J.K. Simmons in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> when they like when they party, that was like I think my favorite scene. Um, and then last night, or not last night, two nights ago, we watched the new Charlie Kaufman movie, which is I'm thinking of ending things. Okay, I need to check that out too. Yeah, it's okay. Um, I think it has a similar sort of feel as Synecdoche, New York, but I think Synecdoche, New York is a much better movie. This one's actually a adaptation, um, which I didn't I didn't know that. So mm-hmm. maybe that's kind of what is holding it back in my mind is that you know he was dealing with someone else's material. Possibly. Uh, have you seen a most violent year? No. What is that? Uh, it's just a crime drama with Oscar Isaac. I hear really good things about it, but is that, that a Netflix original? No, but it. Okay. The, uh, the director has a movie that's a Netflix original called Triple Frontier with um, with Oscar Isaac and Ben Affleck. Okay. And I think I, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, I watched that, and that was actually surprisingly good. Okay. Yeah, Netflix movies. I never want to watch a Netflix movie. That's like the perfect I only, way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, I only watch them because literally everyone has Netflix, so other people have seen them and they tell me to watch it. Yeah, uh, like I couldn't tell you how many times I've looked at uh, Project Power and been like, "This has the <laughs> the elements of a movie I would enjoy watching," but the fact that it's a Netflix original movie is kind of holding me back. And I think that's yeah. really unfortunate because movies like Triple Frontier can kind of come and go. And that's actually, I think, a, a, a nice action movie that, like, is realistic and, like, it's it does some really cool things. I think with Netflix movies, you know that they're always going to be there, too. So it's not like... So it's just a what's-the-rush situation, you know? True, yeah. They're not going to just get rid of those for licensing yeah. reasons. Yeah. It's like... That's their whole thing, is they're trying to build a library that they don't have to license. All right, cool. This has been episode five. Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, Tune in next week. I've been Thomas. I'm Daniel. And we will have a different movie. (laughs) Next week, we'll be back with another one. Yeah. Take care. Peace.